So it is my great privilege to introduce uh, someone you probably haven't seen very much of this week, Susie Hosier. This, this lady is a legend. She's a good friend of mine, and she's already a hero of mine in the faith. So listen up, because she's got some great things to say to you. If you've got a notebook, get it out. If you've got a Bible, get it out. If you've got some listening ears, get those out as well. I'm going to pray for us and pray for Susie, and then we're going to get going. Father God, thank you so much that you loved us enough to save us. And thank you that it doesn't stop there, that you have a purpose for our lives to go out to the people we know and tell them about you as well. I pray that you would anoint Susie now, that you would give her the words to say, help us to hear them. And I pray many hearts in here would be stirred uh, to speak of you to other people and that many people would come to know you because of the ripple effect of this seminar. In your mighty name. Amen. Give it up for Susie. Thanks, you guys. I was really sad to miss yesterday, but I heard Jeeves did a great job. Just a reminder, who's been here for both that we've already had? Excellent. Okay. So we are sadly kind of coming to the end of New Day. So what I get to do today is to talk about how can we live Jesus out? How can we live him to our friends? And before I get into what I want to say today, I actually want to start off with a story. Um, Who was in the big top, not the big top, topless top last night? Yeah, nice. And the spirit was really moving. And I don't know if you heard Isabel, who was leading worship. She was talking about, don't be people who stifle the spirit. Like, go where the spirit is going. And so I'm a youth leader. I looked across. I saw one of my youth. I was like, hmm, God, I think you might be saying this for them. So I was like, okay, I'm a youth leader. This is kind of my job. I need to go walk over and give this to them. So I went over and I said, I feel like God is saying this. And they were like, no, not relevant at all. And what happened at that point was I crumbled. I started crying. I was like, gosh, how can I stand up and be a youth leader now? No, that's not true. That's a lie. I didn't crumble. I didn't cry. It was okay. It was okay. And you know what? I got to pray for that young person anyway and encourage them. And today we are looking at how can we like love the lost to Jesus? You know, our faith, it's not just for us. It's not just for us to hide to ourselves. And I think sometimes that seems really scary. But hopefully what is going to happen from today is you're going to see that actually you are all equipped by God to go and love the lost. No matter how young or how old you are, whether it's your first new day or you've been there many times, God wants to use you and it is not as hard as it sounds, okay? Um, So I am going to give you some practicals. There's going to be some very practical things in terms of like, what am I actually going to do? But as I was preparing for today, what I really, I felt like a burden really that you guys, before you can even go and do that, is you need to know who you are. And that comes from knowing whose you are. And you need to learn how to fight. Say, know who you are. Know whose you are. Say it. Know how to fight. Because I could stand here and I could give you practical after practical after practical. But actually, unless you're like you, know how to stand in God and what he says about you and what he is able to do, the practicals are just not going to work. It flows out from the Holy Spirit first pouring into you and equipping you and sending you out. So those things I want you to know. Um, And as we've already said, I feel a bit like, oh, I didn't even need to do this talk. You guys have given me some excellent answers for why do we go and love the lost? And, you know, God cares for the lost. The first reason, the whole, when we think about how do we go and love the lost, it's really why are we even bothering? 
God has saved you and that is some powerful and some precious news. But it's not just for us. You know that God, his heart, it breaks for the lost. There's a passage in Isaiah, Isaiah 61, where um, it talks about Jesus being the one who comes to bind up the brokenhearted. And we are living in a generation who are brokenhearted and their, their brains aren't working properly. I think the amount of like mental health disorders and pain and confusion in the world right now, it's really shocking. And God doesn't just care about you being at New Day and getting really excited and envisioning you. He also cares about your friends. And he cares about your friends and your family who don't know him. And the end result of history, do you know where it's going? It's going to Jesus coming back and us being united with him. That is the end trajectory of this world and of this life. And so he doesn't want you just to keep it. And I think New Day would be really, really pointless if you just got really excited and really fed on God and then you stopped. And day to day for the rest of the year, you were just ticking along and you waited for the next New Day. And part of my story is that actually I grew up going to New Day and it was amazing. But there was one very particular New Day in 2016 where in the prayer meeting, which we've plugged quite a bit, God just totally met with me and met with our youth group and really showed us that he is the best thing ever, that there is nothing better or more exciting than walking with him day to day. And I can stand here, what, how many years later? Six years later, now not a delegate, now he's a leader. And be like, he hasn't disappointed Um, And I will long for you guys to get that, that you don't have to live for the new day high. You know, every day can be a conference. Every day can be a new day as you go home and as you sit with God. Um, So that is our heart for you. And it's really important. So what were those three things I said first in terms of even reaching the lost? What do you need to know? You need to know, shout out, who you are. You need to know whose you are. And you need to know, excellent. So, you know, the Bible, it says that you are called and you are chosen by God, every single one of you, that he has given you specific plans and specific purposes that are only for you. It's so easy to look to the left and the right and to compare yourself to all the people around you. And we're in a world where that's what it's telling us to do. It's like, you've got to be like them. You're not cool enough. You need to be like them. And that's not true. God has given each of you specific plans and specific purposes and you are called and you are chosen and you are loved by him. That is who you are. And you belong to God. He is your father. He's not just God like reigning and ruling and being mighty, but he's also your father. He cares tenderly for each of you. And you know, he knows each of you who've been in school and have been cancelled because of your faith. He knows each of you who are struggling with standing on truth and with your mental health. He knows each of you who, when you've tried to stand up for what you believe in, but you've crumbled and you step back because the pressure from your friends is too much. And guess what? He loves you anyway. He loves you. Not because of what you've done or what you will do, but because he loves you. That is who you are. And I want you to take notes if you've got a notebook while we're in this seminar, because I'm basically going to throw a whole load of scripture at you today. I haven't got like one passage. Like the Bible, it is truth. And my, the, my biggest thing, more than like giving you any tips, is I want you to know how to open this book and to stand on it and to know that when you do, there is nothing that can stand against you, like absolutely nothing. So there's a verse in 1 Peter, no, 2 Peter, got it wrong, 2 Peter 1. It says, you have everything that you need that pertains to life and godliness. That word pertains, like contributes to So when you're walking into school, when you're leaving New Day, when you don't feel equipped, I want you to rehearse over yourself. No, I have everything. Not one thing is lacking that I need 
that pertains to life and godliness. That means that I am equipped to go out and to live life as a Christian and to not compromise and to not give way because my Father has given me everything that I need. That's a promise from Scripture. And if today you walk out of here knowing how to open the Bible, take a promise, put it down and apply it to your life, then I'm going to consider that a win. So that is 2 Peter 1. So in terms of knowing who you are, knowing whose you are, and knowing how to fight, before I even give you tips about what it's going to look like, I want you all to learn how to fight. Who has heard of the armor of God in the Bible? Armor of God. Excellent. Where does it come from? What part of the Bible? Shout it. I heard Ephesians. Do you know what chapter? Oh, you guys. I've heard some youth leaders as well, guys. None of that. Okay. Does anyone know there are six pieces. You can kind of divide one of them. I'm going to say six. Shout out if you know any of them. Okay, yeah. The shield is slightly different. Do you know? This is a good try. Shield of faith. The belt of, belt of truth. The, yeah, so his shoes, the gospel of peace. Sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Breastplate of righteousness. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah? Helmet of salvation. I think we've had them all. I'm going to check my notes. Okay, so I was struggling a few weeks ago with things that I feel like, do you know sometimes you have battles that keep coming up and you're like, I thought I'd defeated this lie or I thought I'd moved over this hurdle. And a very dear friend of mine, she was like, Susie, you have the whole armor of God. Now, I know I've read that so many times, but I'd missed out on like whole. There is not one gap when you put on that armor and you stand on it and you say, no, God has given this to me, there's not one gap where an arrow of the enemy can get in. I'm here to tell you that your real enemy, you know what it is? It's not losing your reputation. It's not your friends canceling you. You've got a real enemy and he's called the devil. And it says in the Bible that he is prowling around seeking someone to destroy. And if you are a Christian, that means you. But you do not need to fear. Why? Because we have everything that pertains to, what was that verse? Shout it out, anyone listening? Everything that pertains to life and godliness. And you have the whole armor of God. So I want you all to stand up. Everyone up. We're going to get active. We are going to put this on. Everyone up. Everyone up. Great. I want you to shout out because we need to get a bit passionate because this is who we are. I have the whole armor of God. And when I say them, you're going to repeat them and you're going to put them on because we love acting. I have the belt of truth. Put on. I have the breastplate of righteousness. Put it on. I have for my shoes the gospel of peace. I have the shield of faith. I have the helmet of salvation. And I have the sword of the spirit. Okay, from the top, I have the whole armor of God. I have the belt of truth. I have the breastplate of righteousness. For my shoes, I have the gospel of peace. I have the shield of faith. I have the helmet of salvation. And I have the sword of the spirit. Okay, what do you have? The whole, sorry, what do you have? Is one bit of it lacking? No, you have the, right, sit down, good job. Okay, 
I hope you don't forget, but you might. And so when you get up tomorrow, you're still at New Day. This is a great time to practice. Turn to your friend who was in the seminar. And if you didn't come with a friend, I'm sorry, we're your friend. Look in the mirror. Say, I have the whole armor of God. You have the whole. There is not, nothing missing. And you guys need to know that. You need to be so confident in that. Then when God says, I give you this to protect you, he's not going to let you down. And you know, in the Bible, particularly in the Old Testament, there's like story after story after story of basically people just learning to trust God. You know, the Christian life, it really is a trust battle. When your friends come at you, it's like, oh no, am I going to trust that God is able to provide for me, that he's able to provide friendship and love when they push back? Am I going to trust that God is able to provide, that he's able to provide enough power? And as you start to read the Bible, you see story after story story. There's actually one in Acts 5 that I came across the other day as I was preparing. And there's this guy called Gamaliel. He's a Pharisee. So all of his friends are people who are like, oh, we hate Jesus. We hate the resurrection. Let's kill the people who are becoming Christians. And he actually hears from God and he says, let me find it. This is to do with what the Christians are doing. If this plan or undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. And for every circumstance that you come up against, that is truth for you. When God is with you, no matter what the world is saying, you will, you will not be able to be overthrown because God is on your team and he is powerful. So I said this a little bit before, but I really want you to hear this. You need to know how to fight, how to hold his word. So I want you to walk out of here like, no, I have everything that pertains to life and godliness. I'm going to keep saying it till it sticks. This is how it sticks. I have the whole armor of God. But also to be really aware, there are some dangers. And I think we're living in a time, I was in school not that long ago, one of my sisters is still in school, where people are increasingly, increasingly, increasingly anti-Christian, aren't they? It's like you're allowed to believe whatever you want. Oh, as, as long as you don't, you're not a Christian and you don't say no to that belief, as long as you don't stay up for that. I think Christians are coming increasingly under it. And we, as a team, we want to pray for you guys at the end of this. And we feel for you because we know that it's hard. We know that it's so much easier just to blend in because, like, the fear of getting cancelled, getting exiled, um, it's huge and it's big. But I think the bigger danger than losing your friends is losing your soul. And you know what it says in the Bible? Jesus says this to his disciples. And this is a disciple stream. This is you guys. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. So whoever wants to save their life, that means like your reputation, all the things that you put your confidence in that aren't God. If you want to save that, you will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me, for Jesus, will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, to gain friends, to gain reputation, to gain popularity, but forfeit your soul? Or what can anyone exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. As I said at the beginning, why are we we even bothering to tell our friends about Jesus? Well, it's because Jesus is going to come again. And like um, TJ said, I loved it. He was like, you're not going to be able to say I didn't get a call. God has called each of us. His glory is made known to the world and we have a mandate to share that out. And so I think, hold that intention. When the world is lying and like saying you need this, it's like, actually, no, I I don't want to lose my soul. What I found in Jesus is so much more precious. And my life, honestly, I can just vouch for that. I remember I was at school one time and there was this girl who kept doing something wrong to our friendship group. And there became a point where all of the girls in my friendship group were like, we're just not going to forgive her. In fact, we're going to ignore her. And I sat there and I was like, I know that's not what Jesus would say. There's a bit in the Bible where someone asked Jesus, how many times should we forgive? 
Seven times? He's like, no. Seven times 70, which basically means keep going. As much as they're repentant, that's what you need to do. And I knew that. And so I was like, I can't just sit here. So I actually said to my friends, I don't think that's right. I think that you should forgive them as much as they need forgiving. And do you know what happened? My friend stopped talking to me. And it was really hard. And I came home and I cried to my mom. And it wasn't easy. Like, it wasn't easy at all. But as I've gone on in my life, got to know God better, read his word more, I'm like, it was just worth it. Every time I've had to say no to something that looks really nice and juicy and tasty to the world and pick what God says, he doesn't disappoint. He is the most life-giving. So do not compromise. I just want to encourage you guys. You don't have to compromise. You will receive your reward in heaven as you keep putting Jesus first. So we are about to get onto some like actual practicals, some concrete things. But I want you to remember those things. I want you to remember who you are. You're called. You're chosen. You have everything that you need. That pertains to life and godliness. Shout it out. Yay! Know whose you are. You have a father in heaven. He's watching your back and he's got everything that you need. And you know how to fight, right? How are we going to fight? We're going to take up the word of God because we have the whole... Okay. Now, when it comes to actually reaching people, I remember being in a talk at New Day and someone kept using the phrase, obedience is success. And I loved it. I don't know if you guys have heard that before. But I actually think sometimes we can get so tripped up by ourselves. Like, oh, what if it's not perfectly right what I'm going to say or it doesn't land? Do you remember the story I said at the beginning? I'm a youth leader. And I went to one of my youths and it wasn't relevant at all. But guess what? It was okay. And I thought I heard God and I wanted to obey that. Because, you know, the more you think you hear God and you obey him, the more he speaks to you. If you think you hear God saying, go on, go love that person, go the extra mile, and you stifle the spirit, that's when it becomes harder to like, recognize what he's doing. And we don't want to do that. I think the consequences are not that bad. So I want you to remember that obedience is success. Say obedience is success. What is success? Ah, very good. And the second thing, so that's one, obedience is success. And two, obedience to Jesus is the most life-giving thing. Say that. Obedience is the most. So obedience is what? Success. Oh, sorry, I confused you. What's number one? Obedience is. And number two, obedience is the most life-giving thing. Every time, honestly, I've had to be like, oh no, that's like sin or I can't do that. God adds back. He adds back. So those things are true. So if you're taking notes, we're going to get onto some practicals and they're grouped under three headings, okay? So I've got for you relationally, apologetically, and supernaturally. This is how we're going to reach people. If you don't know what those words are, that's okay. I'm going to go into it. So primarily, when you're walking by the Spirit, you're knowing how to fight, you're knowing who you are, a great way to reach people is just through your relationships. You know God has given you friends, he has given you family, and we are told to shine Jesus out in the way that we live. And actually, this is more effective than grabbing your Bible and bashing them over the head and being like, come on, you're going to hell if you don't believe Jesus. Do you think that's going to have a very high success rate? No, there we go. You've got friends. I've got a great friend, my dear friend. She's my best friend. She doesn't know Jesus, but over the years, she's got to know our family really, really well. She's come to church. We feed her. And you know, it's got to the point now where I don't even live at home anymore. But if she's back in my hometown, she'll go and see my parents without me. And I'll get a call. I see your parents are doing really well. And I'll be like, what? That's my family. But she knows that she's loved. And actually, what I've seen is that every time she has a crisis, even though she doesn't know Jesus, who does she call to ask for prayer? My family. And I think the way we live can speak 
absolute volumes just by when you're not compromising this is why it's really important that you know who you are and when the enemy says oh your friends aren't going to like you if you say that you're like well, it's okay i have the whole armor of god and i know that i'm chosen and that allows you to not compromise in your behavior but to walk in the way that god has said and your friends will see that and believe me over time they'll be like what what is it about them that is so like comfortable i have another friend who i live with and she has just become a christian um, and baptized and all of that and do you know what won her it's, yeah, it's amazing. Big whoop. We, I love this lady. It was spending time with people in the church and seeing the community and seeing how we loved each other and we ate with each other, how we were patient with each other. And honestly, if you ask her, she was won by the community. She was won by the love that she saw. And so I think it is very powerful when you invite people in. So my encouragement to you is to be people who are open, open homes, that you're being hospitable. And let me encourage you also, if you're writing notes, this is the Bible verse, in 1 Timothy 4, verse 12, it says, let no one look down on you because of your youthfulness, but rather in speech and conduct and love and faith and purity, show yourself as an example to those who believe. But I'm also going to say to those who don't believe, you guys, it doesn't matter that you're young. Maybe you don't have a platform of influence you don't feel. Actually, we're all called to influence people. And you can show the people in your life an example in how you conduct yourself as you stand on the word and you don't compromise. My church actually also uses like a really useful kind of practical tool, which goes by an acronym, which is something that like spells out something, but it has meaning. We use the acronym BLESS. Does anyone use that at their church? No. This is really helpful. Basically, B stands for, if you're writing down, begin with prayer. So you've got friends who don't know Jesus and you want them to know, start praying for them. Prayer changes things. Do you know in the Bible it says, whatever this is Jesus saying, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it that the Father might be glorified. Do you guys pray like that? Do you pray saying, God, you say that whatever I ask in your name, you're going to do it. So I ask that your will be done and I ask that you meet with my friend. You can start, again, it comes from knowing the word. You say, okay, God, there's that promise in John, the book of John, that says, whatever you ask in my name, therefore I'm going to ask for my friend in your name and see what he does. Begin with prayer. Number two is listen. Listen to your friend. Listen to their story. Listen to their struggles. You know, my best friend who doesn't know Jesus is like, if she came to me with a struggle and I just didn't listen, do you think she'd come back and ask me for prayer when everything's going wrong? No. It's because she knows that I love her and I care for her. And over the years, I've spent time listening to her, knowing her family, getting to know her story. Sorry, I'm bashing through this, but I don't want to overrun massively. Uh, the, the E stands for eat together. Do you know, food is a big community thing. So this is, again, with my friend, my best friend, Lily. We eat with her. She comes into my home. She knows she can eat whatever. She knows she has fridge rights. She knows she doesn't have to ask anymore that my mum will be her mum and will give her food. So eat with your friends is a good time to chat. Uh, serve, doing something with them. So the first S is serve, so doing something with your friends, getting alongside them. I don't know. I used to, I had only just thought of this now. I actually used to go around and clean Lily's room. She's absolutely chaotic, so messy. When it came to exams, couldn't handle it. So I'd go and clean her room. And that's a way to actively show Jesus. And the final S is to share stories. To share your story. You know, your story of what Jesus has done in your life is really powerful. And actually, maybe you're someone who's like, I don't feel like I have one of those like drop jaw testimonies of like God did this, then he did this, and, and then I came back from there and it's like really your story of just I know God and He satisfies me and He's good and He speaks truth over me. That is as powerful, okay? So not shying back and sharing your story with your friends is also really important. So that is the acronym BLESS. 
That all comes under relationships. Just how you do your relationships is really important. Okay, I'm gonna try and go a little bit quick because I know it's near lunch. Uh, the second one is apologetically. Does anyone know what the word apologetics actually means? Ooh, we got some hands right at the front, so I'm gonna go. Apologetic means that you are quick to forgive. That is actually true, but there's like a branch of questioning that's called apologetics. Does anyone know what that is? Shout out. You all got, when you apologize, guys, I'm glad you guys are very, you know, quick to apologize, quick to forgive. It doesn't actually mean that. Apologetics is basically a systematic argumentative discourse. So basically it sums up, are you able to answer a question? So when someone throws you a question, like, it's got anti-gay, apologetics is like how you'd break that down systematically and you'd provide the reasoning and the processing for what the Bible actually says about that and therefore what you believe. Now, I do not have time to go and do apologetics about all the questions that you might have been asked. Um, but what I want you to know, the first thing, the most important question you could ever be asked is to have a reason for your faith. You know, it says this in 1 Peter 3, that we need to have a reason for the faith we profess. It says this, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. So God cares. He wants you to know, okay, why do you actually believe in me? And are you able to give that to your friends? So maybe something for you to do, I don't know if you'll sit there like, actually, I know I believe in God, but my friend asked me, oh, why are you a Christian? Would I have a reason for that? God actually tells us to be prepared. So maybe something practically you need to write down that you need to do is just have a think. Because you know that you're saved, but it's good to have a reason. Um, there are also loads and loads of resources for the very like pertinent and strong questions that you're being asked. And we have got these epic books, really so good. I've read it and it is amazing for very systematically. So when your friends ask you something like, does God hate gay people? And you're like, gosh, I know God loves people. I know he loves my friends. How am I supposed to answer this? I don't know what to say. This book is so good for providing a very reasoned, like the Bible says this, we believe this. You are loved by God. Who wants this one? Ooh. You in the hat, come forward because I don't want to throw it. No, no, behind you, sorry. Hey, your hat. You shot up like a light. Yeah, you. Run, 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 run. We have got more and we want you to be equipped, okay? So if you really want one, speak to George at the end. He's got many. Quick, 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 take it. Great. So use resources. There are seminars at New Day with very specific titles that answer these kind of questions. Find them on podcasts. Find your friends. Uh, but what is important that you know, again, in terms of learning how to fight, is take heart. I want you to, when your friends ask you that question, those kind of questions, don't freak out. There's a bit in the Bible where someone's praying and they say, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Meaning like when God is on your side, you have everything you need that pertains to life and godliness and you're going to be able to love that person even if you don't know the answer. But very practically... I think you need to firstly, so if you want to take, you can bullet point this, recognize what kind of conversation you're in. Is this your friend? Is this someone actually who's at school, heard you're a Christian, and all they want to do is catch you out? They're not asking because they actually want to hear. They're asking because they're like, they just want to take you down. So you need to be a little bit wise in that situation. And if that is the case, I'd say that is probably not the best time to actually answer that question. It's okay for you to be like, I don't feel able to answer that right now and to walk away. If someone is genuinely coming to you with, no, I really want to know, and your faith seems interesting, but I, I can't get over the fact that there's suffering in the world, then that is the moment to find a book, find a podcast, ask your youth leader, and say, how can I answer this person in love? Do you know, it's also okay to say, hmm, 
I actually don't know how I'd answer that. I believe God's good, but I don't know how to answer that. So I need to go away maybe and have a think. That's, that's okay. You are allowed to do that. You're really allowed to do that. So don't feel like you have to answer. And just to remember, remember what I said, the most important question. Do you love Jesus? Hopefully, yes. What is the reason for that? And are you going to be able to stand in that and not compromise when people come against you, okay? And remember, God is with you, which leads us into our final bit, okay? We are able to proclaim Jesus to people supernaturally. I read a book when I was a youth called Naturally Supernatural, basically making the point that the Christian life is meant to be naturally supernatural. God has poured his power into us. And do you know what he says? He says that you're going to do greater things than what Jesus has done. Also says in the Bible that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead works in you. That's some powerful stuff, okay? And God loves, he loves to speak to us. Um, who of you were in the meeting and saw God move last night, saw the Holy Spirit come, saw words come? Yeah, God loves to move. And he doesn't just love to move in that meeting, he loves to move all the time. Just remind you of the story of when God caught my heart at New Day for him. That following year when we were like, we don't want the New Day high and the New Day dip, we want to walk with him all the time. We started praying together. And we started challenging ourselves to go out on the streets and to talk to people about Jesus. And you know what? There was a majority of people who would say something to them and it didn't land. But there were some people who it did and who would let us pray. And I think God would not want you to discount yourselves because you're young. Remember what I said? Obedience is success. And obedience is the most life giving thing. And um, we were at a youth weekend away with my youth group kind of recently, and we were talking about the spiritual gifts. And it talks about all of you, if you know Jesus, hear me, all of you have got a gift and something that is to be used to strengthen the church and to strengthen other people. And when God gives us a gift like healing or faith or prophecy or dreams, do you know what he says? He says that actually there will be a reckoning for that gift. He is going to ask you, how did you use that gift that I gave you? Because it's a gift. It's for you from him. And he's like, well, how did you use it? How did you use people to bless people? Um, and gifts are meant to strengthen and encourage other people. So they're not actually just for you to hold. They're for the strengthening and for the encouragement of others. And so I just want to say that God, is God he wants to use all of you and not to discount yourselves because of your age. Like if you're hungry for God and you're like, God, I want you to use me, he can and he will use you. I got two stories of that. When I was at school, so again, it's school, but it's because you guys are at school, I think, I hope. Um, I had this teacher, terrifying man, okay? He was a teacher of chemistry, and he hated Jesus. All over his office were quotes, anti-Jesus, anti-Jesus, like literal quotes. I was in sixth form at this point, and in one of my lessons, he basically just slated the Bible. And, you know, God gives you the Holy Spirit like your conscience. You know, when you feel really uncomfortable, like someone's doing something wrong, and you know it's not right, and you start feeling really uncomfortable, it's like resonation. Excellent. We've got stories. At the end, guys, share your stories of encouragement if you've got stories. Thank you for being brave. But this teacher, he was so anti-God. And so I knew that I needed to speak to him. I knew I couldn't just be like, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian and just sit here and take it. So after the lesson, I was like, I know I need to go to his office. And I remember trembling in the corridor, like, God, this man terrifies me. But I know you want me to say something. And I, like, quakingly go up to his door and knock on it. And I'm like, literally all I said was, like, Mr. Petrus, I don't, I don't think you should be saying that. Like, I'm a Christian. And he took it, but there was no, like, remorse. There was no sorry. I think he was just shocked that this little, like, teenage girl would be like, you're wrong, even though you're slating God all over there. I walked out. And do you know what I felt after that? Even though I didn't see him be like, oh, yes, God is, Jesus is Lord, and I shouldn't be doing that. There was no, he didn't, he didn't change, for all I know. I walked out, and I felt like a mighty, like, relief. 
and so much joy. Like I felt like the Holy Spirit just whack me. But that came after I'd stepped out in obedience, which is why I say to you, first be obedient, but also obedience is the most life-giving thing. Because I think every time I've stepped out when I think God's speaking to me, afterwards I'm like on such a Holy Spirit high of like, God, you're amazing and you use me. And even though he doesn't see it, and it's like God will come and he will use you. And it didn't change. And I think you'll have experiences like that where the person before you, they, they show no difference. They still go on hating God and not liking you because you're a Christian. But sometimes you'll see success. And again, I was at my youth weekend away. And this is true. Whatever age you are, you can ask God. And one of the spiritual gifts is discernment between good and evil spirits. And it's something I was like, actually, God, I've never heard of that. But I want to be able to see where people are bound up and see them set free. So I just prayed very simply while I was praying for the youth, just in my heart. I was like, God, I want that gift. That night, I had a dream for someone that was very vivid. And I felt like they were being pursued by a spirit of despair or a spirit of lowness. And this person is a lot older than me. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I should bring this because it feels quite patronizing. Like they're a leader. And I was like, oh, gosh, how are they going to take me coming and bringing this to them? But I did. And you know what? That person, praise God, that spirit has been lifted off. That has been like plaguing them for months and months and months. And so those are like two examples of where my response was exactly the same. Each time I felt like God maybe spoke to me. I was very nervous to do it. The enemy was lying to me. Remember, I said the enemy is prowling around saying, no, you haven't, you haven't got what it takes. Um, but I brought it both times. One time to no effect. One time someone got free. And it's when people get free, it is mighty. And you know what? I don't know what's going on with that teacher. I don't know. I don't know whether he's still the firmest atheist in the world or whether actually God starts to move in his heart. I don't know. And maybe we never will until we get to heaven. But the mighty thing is that God, he loves to use us. He loves to use us. Um, and that's for all of you. I think just a little caution. Sometimes we're like, okay, is this from God? Or is this just me thinking random things? Um, in when God speaks, it's to encourage and to strengthen. And it will always be in line with the Bible. If I haven't said it enough. Know your Bibles, read your Bibles, people. It will be in line with the Bible. So if you're like, ooh, this is God saying, oh, that person is really despised by someone else. I don't really think that's God. God will always come with encouragement. He will come to strengthen and it will be in line with biblical truth and biblical wisdom. So if you are in doubt, think, is this encouraging? Because the worst thing that can happen, like last night, I was like, okay, if this person, what I say is not going to hit home, I can still encourage them. And I did. I prayed for them after and they left feeling encouraged. So nothing was lost and it's fine. Um, so encouragement, strengthen, and is it in line with the Bible? So we are coming into land. I covered a lot of ground. Sorry, I hope you were able to a little bit to keep up. Um, I don't really know how to land it. I just want to remind you of what we talked about. So I think that instead of you learning all the tips, you loving your friend, seeing God move, it's going to come out of you knowing the word, of knowing the fact that God speaks such wonderful things over you and that he is able to give you power. Do you know, when we read the Bible, it actually changes us. And I know you probably go to youth group and your youth leader's like, read the Bible and pray. Do you know why they say it? Because we need it and because it works. And the older I've got, the more Bible I've read. And as it's become consistent, I notice it changing me. And I can't explain how. And it's because the Bible says that the word of God is like food. It, cha it genuinely changes you, but you've got to sit in it for a little while. And God wants to raise you up. He wants you to know that no matter what your friends are saying or how many people you've been counseled by, he cares. I think there's that as well. We're going to have a chance to pray for you in a minute. And there might be some of you who are like, yes. I want to go. I just want to be filled. I want to know what God says. And that's great. But there might be some of you who are just really hurt. Like, no, I don't want to go back to school because it's hard. It's hard. 
It's just hard to be a Christian and I, I've, I'm in pain. And we want to pray for you guys too because God is the one who comes close. And you know what he says at the end of days, he will wipe every tear from your eye. He sees every time you've been hurt by people. He sees when you've cried. He knows it. He knows it. Like he knows you personally. So I think if you're feeling wounded, we want to pray for you as well. But remember, guys, you are fighters. And I want you to know how to fight. We have the whole, what do we have? Shout it. Do you have a little bit of it or what do you have? The whole, the whole. There is nothing that is lacking. Fantastic. We've still got a little bit more time together. Does anyone remember, Susie talks about an acronym, BLESS. Anyone remember what the B stood for? Begin with prayer. So we're going to take a few minutes now. I want you to turn to someone that you know, someone next to you. Uh, if someone's on their own, grab them in. I want you to pick, I want you to think in your head of three people in your life that you would love to know Jesus. Three people, friends, family, your postman, whoever it is, someone on your heart that you love, that you want to know Jesus, okay? I want you to write them down, think about it right on your phone, and then I want you to start to pray for them, okay? It could just be, God, can you help me to talk to them about Jesus, all right? So turn to someone next to you, write down three people, say, yeah, I think, yeah, my postman, my mom, and my friend at school, and then pray for them, okay? Do that, and we'll come back in a minute. Dear Father God, thank you that you know every person in this room. You know the friends that they've named. And I thank you for these prayers that have been prayed. And I thank you that you're the one who says that you answer prayer. Not to speak into the air, but you answer. You love to hear when we ask. And so I just pray for every prayer that your ear would be inclined, that people would start to see these situations moved, um, and that you would, yeah, bless these young people as they keep praying for their friends. Amen. Okay, if you guys want to stand up, we're just going to do one more thing. We would really love to pray over you. Stand up nice and quietly. So if it helps, would you close your eyes? Hold out your hands just to help you focus. God loves to give you gifts. We want to see God move in your lives. So why don't you in your heart actually just ask him what you want. Tell him what's hard and George is going to pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for every single one of your sons and daughters that are here. Thank you that you haven't just saved them from sin, you saved them for a purpose. And I pray by your Holy Spirit now, even in tired, tired hearts and minds, you would fall, you would refresh, you would fill them, and you would set a fire in them to see your name go out. I pray, Lord, that for every single person here who knows, I want to know more I want to see more people come to know Jesus. I pray, I pray you'd set a fire in them now. I pray for every single person who's a bit scared about it, Lord, I pray you'd set a fire in them now, a confidence, Lord God, even now. Guys, you might just start to feel God resting on you. That's okay. I believe he's here. I believe he wants to instill confidence in you. I believe he wants to say, you are mine. I have called you. And though you are young, you are powerful and mighty because I am with you. Lord God, we pray, even now, just rest upon them. Just rest upon them. Guy in the, the New Day shirt with his hands on his head, I just think, I think God wants to say to you that through your loving of your friends, through how you serve them, even that friend who you really struggle with, you will see people come to know Jesus. He's saying that. I'll just 
Will you just close your eyes? I want to pray for you. Lord God, would you fall upon this man? Would you show him much fruit? Thank you that you love him for his obedience. You love him for his heart. And you have called him to love his friends. In the name of Jesus. Keep praying, guys. Keep leaning in. There's a guy at the front here with a Reebok shirt and a hat. Just keep receiving. I feel like God is resting on you to refresh you. To fill you up again. I feel like you've gone before. You've tried to speak to people. You found it hard. Okay? And he's saying he's with you. He wants to build you up. He wants you to send you out again. He loves you and he loves your obedience. I wonder if there's someone just near him that can pray for him. Um, I just feel like God's on you now. Just pray for him. Lord Jesus, pray. Okay. Susie's going to pray for another group of people. Yeah, Father, I just want to pray for everyone here who is afraid, who there's just like a spirit of fear sitting in you guys that you're just afraid you're afraid of what your friends will say and you know God's good but you're afraid and father I thank you that you're the one who brings peace you break fear and so in the name of Jesus I ask that you would break fear in this place you would break anxiety that you would come off those break off those chains that are binding that Jesus I thank you that you are the lord of peace and I pray for a spirit of peace to be over this room to be over these young people Lord God I pray that they would be characterized by the peace that they carry like a bold confidence in you and father I want to pray for those who are just hurting who are hurting, who have been wounded by cancel culture, who maybe have been exiled by their friends. And I feel like God is coming now to bring you comfort, to know that he is with you. He is caring for you. He wants to bind you up. And so, yeah, spirit of peace, spirit of comfort, I pray that you would come. Holy Spirit, would you draw close to every heart in this room that's been hurt? Would you come and bring your truth and your grace and your love? He's just saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I've got you. And he knows the end of the story. Um, just girl over here in the black shirt, green people on it, blonde hair. You're not looking. She's not looking. Do you remember? A friend next to her, can you poke her? You, yeah, you, we're talking to you. I feel like God sees you're really hungry. You're really hungry for him. And you've just got a soft heart and you just love him. And he's just saying that he's pleased. Like he's pleased with you. He sees you. Like you might feel like other people aren't seeing it, but he sees you. He sees your heart and he cares about your heart and he cares about that posture towards him. So I don't know if you came with a youth leader or whatever. You could just pray for that lady. 